Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hi everyone, it's Faith, and as promised, uh, this is the excerpt from the Boom novella. This is chapter 7, and it uh, basically coincides with um, episode 7 of the podcast, where we meet Myra for the first time. This chapter picks up right after Luke, Porter, and Dax have gone rock climbing. In the podcast, um, after Luke gets mad and leaves, he eventually comes back and the three guys go back to the cabin. In the story, Luke actually gets so mad that he slashes Dax's tires, and then he goes off and leaves and does not come back, and Porter and Dax have to walk back to the cabin by themselves. So this chapter picks up after Dax and Porter have gotten back to the cabin, and Luke is not there. Dax decides to stay at the cabin, and Porter heads on over to Miguel's. Uh, Just a couple of notes... Porter's last name is different in this story, as is Myra's, and Kat uh, becomes Genevieve in the podcast. So when you hear Kat, we're talking about Genevieve. Okay, hope you enjoy it. Porter pulled up behind the bright yellow building, hearing the sounds of goats, guitars, and laughter. When he jumped out of his car, the smells of crusts baking and an array of vegetables and meats bombarded him. His stomach growled in anticipation. It was just around sunset, and Miguel's pizza was slammed. He'd always heard about this iconic place from other climbers they'd met years ago, when he was regularly out on the rocks. But it's one thing to hear, and another to experience. Climbers of all ages and colors were sitting around throwing back beers, munching on slices of pizza, and talking about the day's climb, or bouldering, or hiking, or biking. The environment was electric and welcoming. Porter thought about how much Cat would enjoy this place. At that same moment, he caught sight of a red-headed woman walking by the window inside. Curiosity made him rush to the door. As he got inside, his eyes scanned the crowd in search of the redhead. He didn't even see the beautiful brunette right in front of him, and he promptly stepped on her foot, knocking her beer to the floor. Oh, sorry, I didn't see you. Porter stepped back quickly. Obviously, what you should do is tell someone about the mess you made and then buy me a replacement beer to apologize. She smiled up at him, not even the least bit phased. She shook the beer from her hand, droplets landing on Porter's cheek. Uh, sure. You got room at your table for one more? Porter forgot all about the redhead. This woman had eyes the color of honey. Her hair was dark brown, coily, and barely held back by a bright orange bandana. Freckles were scattered across her nose and cheeks. 
Her lips were full and shiny, like she just applied some gloss. Porter kept staring at those lips. Definitely room for one more. The brunette led Porter to the table in the back. She sat down next to Luke, who was finishing the last of his beer. Porter didn't move a muscle. His face went rigid as he stared at Luke. Luke shifted in his seat and put the bottle on the table. Looks like you got back okay. No thanks to you, asshole. So you two know each other? The brunette said lightheartedly. Thanks for the invite, but I think I'll just get my pizza to go. Porter turned on his heel and started for the door. The brunette hopped up to catch him. Oh, no, you don't. You owe me a beer, remember? And whatever is going on with you and Luke can wait until we've had a proper good time. She smiled brightly. It was infectious, and Porter couldn't resist. He walked back over to the table and took the seat across from her. I'm Porter, by the way. Nice to meet you, Porter. Myra. She thrusted her hand across the table. Porter shook it. Her hands were rough and calloused. A seasoned climber. Myra is from Nashville, can you believe it? Her friends decided to take a night hike, but Myra decided to stay behind. Lucky me, right? Luke said in a sweet voice Porter had never heard before. Porter shook his head slightly and crooked his mouth into a smile. Luke was attempting to impress Myra. He really couldn't blame the guy, though. Luke said in a sweet voice Porter had never heard before. Porter shook his head slightly and crooked his mouth into a smile. Luke was attempting to impress Myra. He really couldn't blame the guy, though. In an effort to play nice, Porter decided to not bring up Luke's prank. Instead, he placed an order for his pizza and beer, one for himself, one for Myra, and tried to make small talk. He quickly realized small talk was not his forte. Myra thankfully interjected with some questions of her own. So, Luke said he's from Nashville, too. What about you, Porter? Yep, born and raised. What do you do for a living? He's a computer geek, Luke chuckled. Porter gritted his teeth before explaining that he repaired and rebuilt computers for a small company in Green Hills. Myra seemed genuinely impressed. Porter figured she was a good actress because no woman had ever been impressed by Porter's job. Not that it bothered him, though. He truly loved what he did. He was also a pretty talented hacker, but he decided to keep that to himself. For the most part. A little bragging never hurt anyone. As they talked, Porter learned that Myra worked on Music Row as a production coordinator. She had no roommate, but she did have an old cat named Neptune. She regularly came to the gorge for bouldering because she preferred to stay closer to the ground when she climbed. Both Luke and Porter mindlessly ate their pizza and drank their beer, enthralled by every word that escaped Myra's lips. She was funny and gorgeous and completely comfortable in her own skin. She was much like Cat. Porter wondered if Luke thought the same thing. When the pizza pans had nothing but crumbs left and the beer bottles emptied, Luke suggested they move their little party back to the cabin. I'm sure Dax would love to be part of this. Luke's words held a tinge of sarcasm. Before Porter could protest an intrusion on Dax's sleeping, Myra interjected for him. I think it's time for me to call it a night, guys. We're getting up early to go swimming, and I want to make sure I get the cozy part of the tent before my friends get back. She stood up. Both Porter and Luke stood quickly with her, finding some long-lost manners. Luke dug into his back pocket and produced a business card. He handed it to Myra and asked her to call any time she wanted a climbing partner. Myra smiled her big, infectious smile and gave Luke a hug. Porter almost laughed out loud at the look of embarrassment mixed with enjoyment on Luke's face. It's as if a woman had never touched him before. Porter found himself disappointed that Myra didn't ask for his number. The guys walked her to the campgrounds behind Miguel's and wished her well in the rest of her vacation. 
Luke clapped Porter on the back before heading to his car. Porter stopped to check out the goats when Myra ran up beside him. Hey there. She leaned into his shoulder with her own. Hey. Porter couldn't help but smile again. I didn't want to ask in front of Luke, but I was wondering if you wanted to come back to my tent for a little while. We've got a bonfire going. Maybe we could talk some more or something. Porter stood there for a moment, listening to the goats bleeding. He wasn't sure. Well, he was sure he wanted to spend as much time as possible with Myra, but the thought of slashed tires came to him, making him unsure of the consequences he might face. But here she was, a beautiful woman standing beside him, grinning broadly, asking him to come back to her tent. I'd be interested in talking some more. Or something. The sun was coming up as Porter made his way out of Myra's tent, careful not to step on her tent mate lying near the door. They had stayed up half the night talking. They talked about favorite foods, music, and books. She told him about her dreams of singing at the Bluebird Cafe. She told him how losing her mother finally got her motivated to move to Nashville from Virginia. He told her about his love of computers. He also told her about losing Cat, but left out the how, not wanting to put that sort of weight on the conversation. They'd fallen asleep by the dying fire, drowsily making their way inside the tent when the night grew cooler. Now he stretched and watched the sky go from violet to bright blue. The birds were singing and other early risers were quietly making their way to whatever adventures they had planned for the day. Myra crawled out of the tent. She clasped Porter's hand and watched the sky with him. <sighs> I love mornings here, she said sleepily. Porter turned to look at her. Her hair had finally escaped the bandana and stuck out from her head in a soft cloud. Because it felt so natural, he leaned down and kissed her. It was quick and sweet. Porter pulled back. Myra looked surprised. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't normally... I, I should have asked, he said, embarrassed. Her look of surprise softened. She placed a hand on his cheek and pulled him to her. Her kiss wasn't quick, but lingering and full of promise. When she pulled away, Porter leaned his forehead to hers. I, I should head back, he said softly. Myra let out a sigh. <sighs> you probably should. You have my number. His eyes didn't leave hers, their foreheads still touched. And you have mine. Myra kissed Porter again, chastely. He pulled away reluctantly, knowing if he didn't leave now, he wouldn't leave at all. She squeezed his hand before letting go. Porter's heart skipped as he had a momentary flashback to Kat squeezing his hand before he walked away from her. He turned back to Myra, took both of her hands, and squeezed. Right then, just after sunrise on a Monday morning in April, Porter Johnson fell hard for Myra Hardwick. Back at the cabin, Porter let himself in quietly, just to find Dax and Luke already awake. Luke was making scrambled eggs and toast. Dax was sitting at the breakfast bar with a large glass of orange juice. Hmm, same clothes as last night. Did you come back here at all? Dax joked. Porter stole a glance at Luke, who continued cooking. He huffed and sat down next to Dax. Luke turned and scraped eggs onto two plates. The toast popped up from the toaster. Were you with Myra? He asked nonchalantly. Yeah. Porter grabbed the toast, then popped in two new slices of bread. Is that all right? It's a free country, man. Luke held up the empty egg pan. A question to Porter. Porter nodded. Luke cracked two more eggs into the pan. 
Turns out Luke had a wonderful time yesterday and a very restful sleep. He apologized for his prima donna ways and has already paid me for my tires. I decided he did me a favor. Those damn things were worn out anyway. Dax and Luke laughed. So are you just going to head back home or do we need to wait for your jeep to be towed? Porter asked as he grabbed the new toast from the toaster. All taken care of. I just need to ride to the garage about 20 minutes away. My baby should have new tires on her when we get there. Well, why waste the morning? I think we should hit the bike trail before we head back. Luke suggested happily as he pushed eggs onto Porter's plate. Sounds like a plan to me, Porter smiled. The three guys sat down and ate breakfast, yesterday's events behind them. On the way out of the house, Luke stopped Porter as Dax strode to the side of the cabin for the bikes. Here it comes, Porter thought. Luke was simply biding his time. I can't say I'm not a little disappointed about the whole Myra thing, but I am happy for you, man. You deserve some happiness, you know? Luke patted Porter heartily on the back and walked out to help Dax. Porter stood in the doorway, a little dumbstruck. Yet Luke was right. Porter did deserve some sort of happiness, right? He'd found freedom in nature, and now, just maybe, he could find some love, too. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.